Hello, and welcome to the Antioch Fort Worth Women's Podcast. At Antioch, our desire is to connect women of different life stages and ethnicities for fellowship, discipleship, and encounters with the Trinity that will lead to living missional lives. We pray that this podcast will bring life to your mind, body, and spirit. Well, hello, this is Lindy Pinkston. Welcome to the Antioch Fort Worth podcast. And um, we like to gather every month as women and kind of share different topics, different stories. And so we're so thankful that you're joining us this month. And we have a special guest in the house, Miss Valerie Nichols. Hello, Valerie. Hi. How are you this morning? Doing good. Good. Well, we have Valerie here. And before she gets sharing on what she's going to share with us today, um, just, Valerie, tell me how long you've been at Antioch Fort Worth and the names and ages of your kids and maybe a couple things you like to do. All right. So we have been at Antioch for five years. Five years? Oh, my goodness. Wow. But that's a long time. Yep. Wow. Yeah, I feel, yeah, it's both. Yeah, both and, yes. Yeah. And we have Kate, who is 10, Wyatt is 8, Nora would be 6, and Hannah is 2, for sure. <laughs> in the twos. <laughs> she, she's in the twos, for mm-hmm. sure. Yeah. And she has an amazing husband, Josh. Yep. How long have you guys been married? We have been married, it'll be 12 years this year. 12 years. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah, he's amazing. He is amazing. Um, what are some other things you, what are some things you like to do? I love to be outside when it's not too mm. hot or too cold. Which yesterday. Uh, <laughs> oh, it was perfect. Yes. Yeah. So we are, um, we are recording this the day after it was 87 degrees in February. Yep. Crazy. Yep. Yeah. Who would have guessed? Yes. Who would have guessed? <clears throat> but I also like to read. I'm in a book club with awesome. some girls and um, yeah, I feel like that's all I have time for right now, really. Yeah. But yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Outside in books. Hey, that's yeah. a great combo. Yeah, it is. Um, okay, so Valerie's going to share with us. We're just going to talk about loss and grieving today. She has a powerful story um, of, of her life. And so, Valerie, why don't you just get started with telling us a little bit about your story and how it relates to loss and grieving. Yeah. So in 2016, we had our third child, Nora. Kate and Wyatt were about three and two at the time. And we had a really healthy pregnancy. The birth went fine, just like the rest. And But something seemed a little off. Um, it was like, almost like Nora had aspirated. Um, and so the midwives there deep suctioned her. Mm-hmm. And at the birthing center, you only stay for about, you know, four to six hours after right. birth. And so we went home and... They they really said, just kind of watch her, and if anything happens, you know, take her to the ER. So we went home, and um, she wasn't really nursing, um, but, you know, right after birth, they sleep a lot. And so I took a nap, and Josh was watching her, and Nora actually stopped breathing wow. and turned purple. So um, we took her to the cook's emergency room, and she was admitted to the NICU, and we had that just was the beginning of many tests and about a month stay there. She ended up getting a G button um, so we could feed her because mm-hmm. uh, she couldn't swallow. We found out and um, the doctors really just scratched their heads and said, we don't really have an answer for why, but we're just going to hope that she's underdeveloped, even though I was at 41 weeks like right. the rest of my kiddos. <laughs> right. Yeah. And that, you know, she'll grow out of this hopefully. So we went home um, after about a month in the NICU and, you know, my mom helping juggle the other kids right. and Josh having to work. And that was about the first of 14 hospital stays. Wow, 14. Yeah. Yeah. And all of them were at least a week long. 
So, oh my goodness. Yeah. Wow. And um, lots of tests. You know, we tried to get into the undiagnosed disease network. We just kept doing that um, over the next few years. And we even did a full chromosome analysis to look at ours and hers and compare. And mm-hmm. um, no abnormalities came back. Everything was normal. Um, so, you know, we just kept living our lives. And we loved having a medically fragile child. And um, while she never hit one milestone, she couldn't walk, talk, eat, sit up, swallow, Um, but it was just our normal, you know, we would take her with us, bring her oxygen and go out to breakfast on Saturdays. And, you know, Valerie, while you're saying that, I remember that one of the first times I met you guys was at Passover. Yes. I mean, I think I had met you guys, but you guys came with Nora and it was just, she was on her oxygen and it was just like, and you're, you know, everybody was young. I mean, your kids were young. I mean, it wasn't like, and I was like, wow. Yeah. They're coming with a special needs kid yeah. and their young kids, and y'all just, yeah. y'all just engaged. And um, I mean, that's a that's mm-hmm. I had to stop just because you when you say that we just love taking care, yeah. that is just a beautiful gift. Yeah, yeah, we loved being a special needs family. Like it was, we honestly pictured us taking care of her into adulthood. You know, wow, yeah, that's just kind of what we thought, and it was our normal, and we loved it. Right. You know, the kids, it was their normal. Um, I told Wyatt what I was doing today and he said, make sure you tell him I was a really good big brother, Aww. which was really true. He was just awesome. Like they just rose to the occasion. They wow. were such great siblings and would help us a lot. Um, but just loved her yes. like she was, you know, like yes. there was nothing too different about her, you right. know? So, oh, that is beautiful, yeah. Valerie. Yeah. So okay. So in the meantime, you know, we, um, we're still getting tests, but, um, in July of 2018 is when it kind of really got scary and her alarms went off and her oxygen just plummeted. It was in the single digits and that's never happened. And we, you know, we did everything we could do with the oxygen we had and Mm -hmm. it just wasn't enough. So we ended up having to call an ambulance and take her to Cook's again, um, and they intubated her, which has never happened. And so we could tell this was more serious but still had the thought of it's going to be a longer stay probably than usual right um but she went to the PICU and just wasn't getting better they thought it was like cold that turned to pneumonia Mm -hmm. and they did an MRI and then that's when we finally saw a picture um that they gave us the actual the diagnosis was written on the MRI and we saw Lee syndrome um they wanted us to wait until a radiologist could officially tell us but of course we went and googled back in the room and just started researching and just found out that it was a rare degenerative fatal disease and um that she had been tested for it but for some reason it didn't pop up and um, most kids don't live past the age of three and she was about to turn two okay so okay so that's where we were at. We started to kind of make a plan. Like, where do we go from here? We know that we have a disease now. We know yeah. a diagnosis. And we decided once the pneumonia gets better, we would extubate her and see how she does. And it'll be probably a longer stay, but then we would go home after that. How did you feel when you all got that diagnosis? Relieved in the way, in the sense of having something right. finally, but then also gut punched with the yeah. prognosis but also right. hopeful like well maybe that's not going to be our story yes. Yes, <laughs> you know like absolutely. we were always hopeful I think about maybe, maybe there's got to be a doctor somewhere that can right. do something that we can take you know we'd already taken her to Boston Children's yes. to see if they could do anything and right. so we were like willing to do anything okay okay wow so um 
We did. Once the pneumonia started to get better, it seemed like her lungs were strong and we extubated her and we meaning, you know, <laughs> I was there. <laughs> I was supporting. like, wow, you extubated her. <laughs> they you taught mean, us. Yes. Yeah. And um, within an hour, you know, I remember Otha Graham had brought us dinner and we were talking to them in the family room and they called and said, come back. And um, she, she just started to tank and they realized that the part of her brain that told her lungs to breathe is had shut down and her stomach had already shut down. We realized hindsight because she was having to eat through her intestines with a okay, J-tube. Right. We didn't realize why then, but so she wasn't digesting and now her lungs had stopped working. So, um... So we were kind of panicky. You know, the doctor right. said, what do you want to do? <laughs> do you want to reintubate her or do you want to let her go? And right. we were just like dumbfounded. So we had an amazing team of doctors, um, seven different doctors for her. Wow. But one was kind of in charge with the palliative care. And he said, let's reintubate her and come up with a plan. So, um, yeah, we just met with him and went over our few choices. And the one was to trach her and to help her live a couple more months mostly in the hospital mm-hmm. or because she was on these seizure meds to she was having horrible seizures she was in pain so she kind of was out of it most of the time sleeping right. at that point in her life okay or um yeah to let her go and um yeah that was the hardest decision um obviously that josh and i had to make um and we but we really god made it so clear we were on yeah. the same page yeah and we've really felt like we wanted to do what was best for Nora. Right. I mean, selfishly, we want her here yes. as much as we can. Yeah. And But mentally, she just wasn't really there. And it was just keeping her body alive. Right. So, yeah, we, we just felt like we had few options. And that was the way that we decided to go. And um, the Lord was really with us through that. Mm. Um, we I can just picture right outside of the PICU and in the um, chapel that was right outside the door, our life group people, our, the, even church staff, friends, family, mm-hmm. were there, there the entire time um, from the diagnosis to waiting and all of that really difficult time praying. And um, yeah, we just, we saw the Lord's hand on all of it, even down to the nurses who were believers wow. and loving us. And um, yeah, it was hard, really, really hard, but um, yeah. God was with us every step of the way. He really was. Right. Valerie, and I remember um, you guys were, and y'all were kind of new to Antioch. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and I remember uh, how, I remember being up in the chapel, and it was just full of people. Yeah. I mean, praying and just, just yeah. seating for y'all and just being there for you. And yeah, just a hard, beautiful moment, you know, exactly. how it can be beautiful and hard yes. at the same time. Yes. And, I just can imagine. Yeah. So in your in your journey from, and also the the grieving probably. I mean, there was times of grieving even while Nora was alive, right? Because right? you're true. grieving what you thought was going to be, yeah. and then I think that's sometimes happens in life is like we grieve something and the we other things pop up like oh well that's I shouldn't need to grieve over that, but this is like yeah. there's just things that it came up yeah, right. That's true. But after you lost Nora, like what? What what would you say why it's important to grieve and what what did that look like for you? Yeah. Um that's a good question. I think for me um I knew it was it was important to grieve but I didn't couldn't really make myself and with little kids it's really hard to right. make space for that but it yeah. it, it comes no right. matter what it's kind of there and right. you deal with it. But um for Josh and I we really found that being brutally honest with each other about where we were at the really dark places mm-hmm. that we were doubting or struggling or whatever was going on in our heart like we just had to bring it to the surface and um I think that really helped us 
to keep things in the light. Um, Yeah, I think that really helped us on our grief journey to keep it open. I think if I had kind of, you know, it makes me think of Lord of the Rings, like my precious, like keeping something to myself and not putting light on it and not wanting others in on it. um, I think it would be a lot harder. It'd make it a lot slower. Right. Process. Right. Well, I'm sure there were times you didn't want to. Yeah. Yeah. Bring people in. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. So what, um, what helped you grieve? So like you talked about the importance of getting things out in the light. Was there anything else that helped like that helped you specifically? Yeah. Yeah. Getting things in the light. Mm -hmm. Um, specifically for me, I realized early on that I had put this pressure on myself to grieve well, Mm -hmm. like Mm -hmm. knowing there was lost people and others that were watching and what if, I doubted what if I questioned the Lord and they saw that and I made them struggle, you know? Um, and so I really, I'm just so grateful that Jesus really early on was like, give that to me. That's not of me. Like, that's not what I have for you. That's not what this is going to look like. Um, being real, not just with Josh, but community, um, and, and, and God obviously like just, I mean, he knows everything, but I think, I think I can hide from him. So being really, honest with him for for us we were kind of thrown into discipleship school I remember the staff was like you do not have to do this oh because you guys had already committed we committed and we wanted to do it and then she died two weeks before it started so we were yeah (laughs) they're like you don't have to do this but for us we were like no we feel like this is purposeful there was a reason and so to have that community those 30 people around us that we got to just you know the night where we shared where we're at it was so raw so good and those people just walked with us and then we deep take a deep dive into the word and um just the goodness of god you know like i thought i didn't know what to expect but to go through something so hard and then to just sit on the goodness of god for a year was like such a bomb to my heart and so I don't know if I'd recommend everybody doing ADS <laughs> right after a tragic moment. She's but. not recommending this, but, but for y'all, like, but with for the point us, is, yeah. yeah, we needed it. And there was this looking back, I always think, like, I wonder how long it would have taken me to get back into God's word. And wow. um, ADS for us was just kind of, it was, yeah, it was good for us to just sit there with it and to be okay with not having answers and not being okay all the time, but just right. sitting there and, yeah, yeah, being. I love what you just shared about, um, this Jesus saying, give it to me, you know, because mm-hmm. I think we put pressure on ourselves and you can do this in any area of, life, any area of our lives, but especially in the area of grieving. Yeah. When my mom died, you know, it's like you think, oh, it has to look a certain way or, and everybody yes. grieves differently. Yes. Like, I think that's so important that we recognize that as well is the way yeah. that you grieved was different than the way Josh exactly. grieved and the way different than your parents or someone else who's gone through yes. losing a child. Um, and I think we gives ourselves permission just to be where we're at, where we're at. And we don't have to explain. Yeah. And the Lord doesn't want us to have yeah. to explain. He yeah. just wants us to be in his arms, right? Yes. I love that. So, it's so beautiful. So on that, on that stream of like what people, friends and family that love you, I know I have said some really stupid stuff yeah, to people <laughs> grieving, you know, and yes. like sometimes you don't know what to say. And so you say something, and you're like, okay, that was... Oh yeah. Just did not hit right. Yeah. And then, um, yeah. So what, so what did family and friends do that was helpful? And then what are some things that we can, you can let people know that some maybe aren't helpful. Yeah. I think it's good because sometimes you just don't know. Right. And that's, yeah. You don't know until you know. That's exactly what I would say. Yeah. That's good. Um, so 
lots of so many helpful things. Um, I remember our life group leaders, we had so much family and friends at our house and they just came and brought a huge uh, laundry basket for each kid of goodies just for them. And Christina Jones coordinated it, but she had been through her own hard grief. And so I think she, I don't know, once you've been through that, you feel like you know how to just jump in. You're not as afraid or timid. Right. And so that was such a blessing. Um, Mm. Yeah. And then real tangible, I think in that moment, being present is helpful, but really tangible things like Graydon started a GoFundMe, which is silly to cry over that, I feels like, but that was so, like, we didn't have to worry about money for a couple years. And that was just so huge, so huge, like anything, medically, anything, we didn't have to worry about it. So that was a huge blessing. Obviously food, we do that well. Right. (laughs) I think bringing food and um, being with us. People kind of could read the room, like, should I stay? Should I not? And right. I think that was helpful. Yeah, That's right. kind of, you know, exactly. sometimes we wanted people there. And sometimes you're like, drop the food yeah. and see you later. <laughs> we, 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 I was at a friend's house the other day and she's kind of going through a hard time. And um, someone, she's like, he's in the driveway. And I was like, well, I don't know. And so I'm like describing the car and you know, I'm like describing the lady walking up and she's like, and this is no one from our church. So just, yes. yeah, yes. this is another friend. And she was like hiding in the corner, and she's like, "I'm not here. You can answer the door, but I'm asleep. I'm not. You know, no, yes. and there's times when you just can't, you know, and it's okay. Yes. You know, it's all right. Go yes. ahead. So go Thank ahead. Thank you. That is so true. I had a very similar moment. So you kind yeah. of have those um, gatekeepers for you. Yes, gatekeep and doorkeepers. For yes, sure. yes. Um, and then, um, oh, I just remember Jonathan Munson. We we were oh. we had family, and, and we heard the lawn mower, and we just see him going back and forth. Like it was oh. such a simple thing, but um, Mowing that was your so lawn. sweet. We're like, that's our life group people just oh. doing stuff, and um, that was huge. And then even after that, like I had one friend text me every single day. I don't even know when it stopped, but that was really helpful wow. for me. That yes. in that sense, especially when they say don't text back. Like I'm not expecting a reply. Yes, yes. That this is really just nice. for you. I don't expect anything. Yes, yes. It takes the pressure off because me absolutely I sometimes do put pressure on myself. Like oh, I have to make sure they're okay. No. Yeah, a, no. Yes, you know. Yes. Um, and then friends that just remember the day she died, her birthday. Um, uh, just certain friends that say like, I was thinking of Nora today, and they mm, use her name. Okay. Yeah, that's just so helpful for me because I mean it is easy to think, especially it's almost five years like that she's been forgotten, which isn't true. No, but um, right. just to hear her name is really special for us. And um, well, something yeah. on that, Valerie. Like I was, I would say that the the biggest thing I learned when my mom passed away, which mm-hmm. was she had been sick, but it was a we were not expecting her to die, and mm-hmm. it was a very kind of traumatic end to a beautiful life. And I remember before that, I always felt nervous to bring up someone who had died to someone. Cause I was like, Oh, yeah. it's going to trigger sadness. They're just going to make them, it's going to bum them out. And, and the opposite is actually true. Like yeah. when people bring my mom up, I'm like, Oh my gosh, you remember my mom. Like yeah. it brings so much comfort. Yeah. And I really think it's the yeah. way the enemy uses so that we don't bring up Nora or, whoever so that you know that, that he kind of disguises it like oh don't say anything yes. because it's going to cause them to grieve right. and maybe for some people it's that way it was not that way for right. me and it still is not grieving. that way you're yeah. already grieving and yeah. you're already like life has gone on it's been several right. years since my mom passed away when someone texts me yeah or my mom's birthday it's like yeah. it brings such comfort and so yes. i just those that are listening yes we just need to say that's not true for most circumstances yeah. there may be sometimes 
But um, yeah, that's exactly what I would say. And that would be the only thing maybe that people had a hard time with was I think some people just felt a little maybe paralyzed and didn't know what to say. So they just didn't say right. or didn't text or didn't say anything. And that was probably the only thing that I would, I just like you said, like, just say something, right. just say something. do something, even a, I have no idea what to say right now, but I'm here or even a text that says that. Yeah. Yeah. Just being present. Yes. Like you said, that's yes. good. Um, so what, um, so you saying not things that are not helpful is just acting like it didn't happen, not reaching out. But what, so what would you say to someone who is listening that is currently, you know, going through a loss or has recently had a loss and it could be a loss of anything. It could be a loss of a job or a dream that you thought something you thought was going to happen or obviously a loved one. Um, what would you say to them? Yeah, that's good. Definitely to give yourself a lot of grace. Um, you said something earlier, like your spouse can grieve very differently and that can be scary because you're like, are you okay? (laughs) I don't know. You're grieving differently. What does that mean? But, um, especially if they're following Jesus, like that he has them and to just give each other grace in the moment. I feel like we always were at opposite times. One was needing more and the other was able to give it. And you know, like the Lord always helped us there. That's good. Um, so just giving yourself a lot of grace and, um, there, you know, it definitely was a little bit before I could go to church, but once I went, I just didn't feel pressure to sing or right. there were certain things I couldn't even sing. Yeah, like absolutely. I couldn't say it took a couple of years to say certain words in, yeah. in worship. So yeah, but just showing up and just being That's there good. and, um, yeah, that was, that was where I was at. And just, I think it's helpful to, I mean, if somebody were to tell me like it will get easier one day, like the pain will be there obviously because, um, we won't be fully okay until I see her in heaven, but it will get better. That might, that might've been a little painful, but I think it's, it's just really true that, that it really does get better um, because you learn to live with it. And, you know, someone once said, it's almost like someone who's been injured in a war and you have a limp and you're walking through life and it's like, you're still the person you are, but you have these wounds and Mm -hmm. one day they're going to be fully healed, but you're still kind of limping through life and um and then just to see how god has used it in others lives like wow. in nora's life yeah and, um man jo- our relationship with jesus is so different like we know him in such a different way like right. really different wow. and well like if we had it to do over we would we'd be like no lord please another way just uh, like right you know, right just like jesus at the cross like if there's yes. another way um, yes but i will say like i'm so grateful the way that he used it in our lives because Josh and I are closer than ever and our relationship with the Lord is just so real. Jesus has just been so real to us through all of this. Right. So, um, yeah, I'm just really grateful for that. Um, I don't know what I, you know, I was just talking to someone else. Like, I don't know how people do it without the Lord. I I really don't. Right. Well, and I just want to, you know, affirm you guys in the process you you've gone through. It's, it's beautiful and hard to watch you. But you are products of intimacy with the father. And I mm-hmm. think that's one of your things you're trying to say is like, just show up. Like yeah. you, there's no perform. It's not about performance. Right. This isn't about religion. Right. This isn't about, I have to check off the boxes. It's just, yeah. but when we show, at least we show up, yeah. like just thinking about a friend who's grieving, you're showing up. Yes. They yeah. don't have to do anything sometimes yes. just be there. And it's like the father totally honored that in yeah. your heart. And, and, you know, I would say too, is like when I meet you, I don't, the first thing I, that after I, 
if someone who meets you, I know this because I've, I've been around you when you've met people for the first time. Um, I recently just got to go on a trip with Valerie and I can testify to this. They don't leave thinking, oh, she's someone who's lost a child mm-hmm. because that's not your full story. Right. That's part of your story, yes. yeah. you know? And yeah. I think because that's part of your story, it's because you've been healed and you've allowed the Lord yeah. to come in that part of your heart. Does that make sense? Yes. And it's a beautiful redeemed yeah. part, not fully redeemed, right? Yes, because right. one day, but she's yeah. in heaven Yes. and um, enjoying Jesus. Yeah. And we're oh, still here. That's right. <laughs> exactly. But um, oh. as we close, I just so thank you, Valerie. I know this is a vulnerable uh, subject and we were on the plane together and we were talking about this and I was like, you have to come and oh, share. I and I know you've had different, I know you've been on some panels at church and you've had different opportunities to share, but um, this is a broader audience and I'm just excited um, what God is going to do through your words to bring mm-hmm. healing and, and hope um, to people. But as we um, close, why don't you just say a prayer yeah. um, and then we'll end that way. Yes. Thank you for having me, Lindy. It's such an honor. Yeah. Father, God, um, God, I just thank you so much that you enter into our pain, Lord. Um, you don't just leave us there. You don't wait for heaven, God, but you're there in it with us. And um, God, I do just pray right now for people who are going through heavy things. God, you, you, that's one thing we're sure of in the Bible is that we will go through hard things. And, but better than that is that you're with us. And so I do pray that they would just be able to be real about where they're at mm-hmm. with others around them and with you mostly, Lord, just, and that, um, you're so good to not leave us there, God, that you don't leave us there in our hurt, in our junk. Um, but you help us, mm-hmm. um, get closer to you through this. So I do pray for that, God, that you would just help us grow and help us to know you better through these things. And God, we just look so so forward to being with you when there's none, no pain, no suffering. We're not going to lose anyone. Mm-hmm. Um, we're just going to get to be with you and worship you forever, Lord. We love you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, thank you for coming, Valerie. And thank you for listening. And I hope you're blessed by today's um, message and just encouragement from Valerie. And we will see you next month. Bye-bye.